0: In the Newsroom is a production in partnership with Studio Stillwater. Every week, journalists from the Stillwater News Press invite listeners to join us in the newsroom and hear the story behind the stories. Hello and welcome to In the Newsroom. I'm city editor Michelle Charles, filling in as moderator for Bo Simmons, who's taking a well-earned vacation.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm joined today by Chris Peters, who's... Title has not yet been determined, but who is nonetheless working very hard for us at the news press. Trying. Crime and investigative reporter Ashlyn Huffman. Hello. And sports journalist Hallie Hart, who is our special guest this week. And she's got big stuff to talk about today.
2: I do, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I was like, it's not my cue. Yes, um, so there is... Oklahoma State men's basketball program had big news, obviously, yesterday, unfortunate news for them. Um, The NCAA... Released the announcement that it upheld the penalties that had been imposed on OSU's men's basketball program, most notably the postseason ban. So the Cowboys will be unable to compete in the postseason this year. Um, And then there's also several other restrictions, including a scholarship reduction. So they've lost three scholarships. Um, And then there's also some recruiting limitations. And this all goes back to really something that happened in 2017. Um, with Lamont Evans, who was an associate head coach under Brad Underwood, and it was a bribery scheme that he, bribery scheme that he was involved in um, under FBI investigation, and so. When all of this happened, when the news broke about Lamont Evans, Mike Boynton, he said he hadn't even coached a practice yet. So he was new to the job. And this was a problem that he inherited from the very beginning, just kind of having to deal with all of this talk around the program, this cloud hanging around the program as he was trying to build it. Um, So that's kind of what happened. And then it's really resulted in now where none of these guys who are on the team now were on it when that happened. Mike Boynton faced no charges in the investigation, but the team is dealing with the consequences of this, even though they weren't involved with it. So it's it's an interesting thing, unfortunate for the Cowboys, but that happened. um, That was what happened yesterday, yes.
0: Okay, so I've got a question. Uh, When you talk about bribery, and I remember this case when it broke. I was working here, and I remember that it was a big story. Now, as I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong... Uh, this guy was uh, affiliated with the basketball program as an assistant coach. Ins- he as was an assist- associate okay.
2: head coach. Was his title under Brad Underwood? He was an assistant.
0: Okay, and he was steering players towards certain um, agents, certain endorsement deals. Uh, what was the deal? It was tied in with that, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Basically, he was accepting bribes as part of a scheme where he would kind of steer student athletes toward certain financial advisors and toward certain agents. And it was a scheme that there were other coaches involved in it at other universities. And Lamont Evans had also been involved in it when he was at South Carolina. So South Carolina was investigated as well, and they received some punishments, but their penalties were not as severe as Oklahoma State. So they were on two-year probation as opposed to three that Oklahoma State got. And most notably, there was no postseason ban for South Carolina. There were no scholarships lost for South Carolina. So really kind of an interesting deal where you have the same guy doing the same thing at two different universities, but one of them gets a much more severe penalty punishment. punishment.
0: All right. And it sounds like, um, do we know yet for how long we're losing the scholarships? Is it just one year? Is it going to be
2: multiple years? I will have to double check on that because I don't want to tell anybody wrong because I know the original like the original ruling when the decision had made you know had said like postseason ban for the 2021 season and then after they OSU appealed it it ended up being delayed and so now it's the 2022 season that they're banned so the scholarships like I said I know it's three and I think initially I had read maybe I don't know it was three. Seasons. I don't want to tell anybody wrong. So I'll double check the facts on that. But um, but I know it is three scholarships that they are losing. Yes.
3: Okay. How much money is that that they're losing on the scholarships?
2: I mean, it's really just it. It makes it where they can't add those new players to the team because usually they're bringing them on, and that's you know that's a full ride that they get to OSU. They're playing on the basketball team, and as Coach Boynton mentioned yesterday, that means that somebody's not going to get to go to college there because they won't be able to offer that scholarship to a kid. So it's and affecting that's,
1: that isn't that kind of like one of the big stories. At least what we heard from the coach was. Uh, that there are individuals that are ultimately taking the punishment for right. this previous coach. Like, it, they weren't related to it in any other way.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and if you look at it, I mean, yes, I know it's designed. Like the
1: program is being punished. You sure. could say the university itself is being punished for, I guess, hiring the guy and not knowing that he was running this or right. maybe knowing. I mean, right? Yeah, we don't know, but the fact is, I mean, these uh, scholarships
0: are are a big enough deal that they could be the difference between someone getting an educate getting the opportunity yeah. to get an education, and that's or the not. sad
1: part of the story. Like that's right. that was the other thing was you know, I'm sure coaches' heartfelt words and the tears that visibly went along with it. Oh I mean, yes, that's a that's a that was a powerful moment for them. Disappointed.
3: Disgusted, appalled,
2: frustrated, but somewhere in Indianapolis, there's a group of people celebrating. They felt good about the work they did. While I explained to 17 kids that their dreams of playing the state tournament this year couldn't be realized, and that's shameful. And there's no wonder that nobody trusts them because they get to hide behind letters, COI and IF, and they don't have to come and do this and answer questions and talk to kids and talk to parents.
0: Right. Mm. And How often do you see a coach like worked up to the point where they, they tear up like that? Mm. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it happens that often. You know, so, I mean, you know, this is a big deal. And I one of the things I got from it, and I'll be honest, I'm not like a huge follower of sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously living in Stillwater, you know, and I come from a family of sports fans, but I just never have been. I've always been kind of a big nerd. And I just, you know, anyway. Word nerd. yes, yeah, a word nerd. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, one thing I've always been struck by with Coach Boynton, is that bond that he has with his players and i know you know every coach has a bond with their players but he seems to really really take it to heart and this seemed to really hurt him for the players
2: He did, and that was one thing, like you said, one thing that struck me about it was the emotional response, too. And as Chris mentioned, that's kind of what's happening is you have people caught up in it who had nothing to do with it. I think one thing that's important to remember is these players who are on the team right now all of them were either in high school or in middle school when this stuff happened. So they were not at Oklahoma state at that time. They were not part of the program. They were, you know, a lot of them just high school kids. And I think Rondell Walker had even posted, um, he posted on Twitter yesterday, like basically this was me when all this happened. And it was a picture of him as a sophomore in high school playing basketball. And now Fast forward a few years later, he's not going to get to play in an NCAA tournament. Isaac Likely, a senior on this team, Who has stuck with this program through all kinds of adversity and been there as really, you know, kind of a cornerstone of this team. Now he's a senior and he won't get to have a postseason for his senior year. So that's heartbreaking. And I think that you could see that in Mike Boynton's reaction for sure as he had tears streaming down his face. And I also I checked on the scholarship thing because I wanted to look that up. And it kind of it says over in Eli Letterman's story, he's with the Tulsa World. He said a loss of three scholarships over a to be determined period. Period of time, And that's what I gathered from it, too. I don't think that time has really been set yet. But but no matter what, that's affecting future recruits who have nothing to do with it, too. So that really is kind of the thing that I think is frustrating people, whether they're fans of Oklahoma State or not, is just how these people who had nothing to do with it, who weren't guilty of a violation, are the ones bearing the weight of the punishment.
0: Now, talking to our sports editor, Jason Elmquist, last night, I, w- I was talking to him about the time frame and asking him to clarify some stuff for me, really explain it. And one of the things that Jason brought up was that, I mean, you know, we're saying, okay, it's been four or five years, but the NCAA investigation couldn't begin until the two-year FBI investigation Mm -hmm. was wrapped up. Then there was basically a year for the NCAA investigation, and then another year tied up in OSU's appeal. Mm-hmm. so i mean it, it is a long period of time and it's a long time to wait for them you know for them to bring the hammer down on you and unfortunately now you're you're dealing with with kids with coaches who really had nothing to do with this yeah but it's not uh you know, but it's not like the ncaa was just dragging its feet either i mean the fbi had a, a two-year investigation into basically what accounted to almost like racketeering charges right
2: the whole, the whole bribery thing started with um, the FBI, yeah, and that was all going through um, the SDNY cases, as they called it, the Southern District of New York. It was going through court was where that was, and there were several universities wrapped up in that, and then after, like you said, after the FBI investigation was done, and Lamont Evans ended up in 2019 pleading guilty to bribery. So that was, you know, that that part, the criminal investigation part of it. And then, like you said, you had the NCAA and OSU went first with the NCAA process. And then I think, you know, that's one thing that they kind of alluded to yesterday was kind of we wonder if part of the reason for the more severe punishment is because we did go first. I know I talked to um, Kevin Fight, who's in charge of compliance at OSU, and that was one thing he said is like they, you know, it was a he said it was a good faith effort. They wanted to show that they were doing things the right way way and wanted to be transparent about everything and then it ended up being that with going first and going through the hearing to defend themselves ended up resulting in really severe punishments for the university so I think he and athletic director Chad Weiberg both said that you know they of course they don't want something like that to happen in the future but if there ever was they both said they'd be you know a little more guarded because they tried to work with the NCAA is what we gathered and it just didn't work for them.
0: So they sort of felt like being open and, you know, would show their good faith and mm-hmm. it didn't necessarily pay off. Right. One, one thing that occurs to me about this, too, I mean, this whole issue and, you know, why the NCAA might really want to come down hard on this is, I mean, before, you know, for this to really work, your kid has got to go on to the next level. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got to go on and play in the NBA for, you know, for there to be any value in being their agent. But now with name, image, and likeness in, you know, in play for collegiate athletes, how do you think that impacts it?
2: I think that's an interesting factor to look at because, you know, part of the things that were talked about was Lamont Evans giving money to a player, you know, student-athletes receiving money, and now there's a point where, you know, not that a coach can just give money to an athlete. Of course, there's still restrictions to that, but it is kind of a different deal with the student-athletes in college really building their own brands and their own public image almost more like athletes in the NBA have done, like you said, for a long time long time now so i think the nil it just brings a bunch of new it brings a bunch of new opportunities but i imagine if you're a compliance person it also brings a bunch of new challenges to navigate and chris were you going to say something else i know i'm sorry if we well you off a couple yeah.
1: it's that it's that whole blurring the line again between amateur and professional right now we're going to choose that these players well they can be compensated in some way for this and that it's you know I guess, ultimately, which way do you believe is the sport more pure if it's amateurs and that money's not involved? Or is it like, well, this is labor that, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody is putting in. We all want to be paid for our labor, right? Right. So we want it to have (laughs) some value. And like you said, uh, a small percentage is actually going to see that value really increase by making it to the pros you know most what the what the whole point of mixing sports with an education a higher education is that you can roll back on the higher education to you know pursue another career that may not involve playing a game right right.
0: Mm-hmm. right you know i mean i guess maybe it's me being a little bit cynical because i've always looked at and i know there are people who are really um, you know, really enamored with the idea of the purity of amateur sports. but I mean if you look at everything from the Olympics to collegiate sports now, I mean you know they it's big business. Mm-hmm. it really is somebody's
1: making a whole lot of money and that's what it's interesting with the whole the agents is i've noticed that some of the nil brands that some of these players are with they're not like it's not like nike or reebok or some big company they're like basically what seems like a t-shirt uh screen printing business online that's like hey here buy my t-shirt it's got my special thing on it but what's stopping those companies from working with the agents on the back end Mm, that's that's on the private side
2: that's a good and point. to say,
1: hey, you know, when that guy's goes to goes pro, we've already got that relationship because that's what it's about, right? It's well, about having those relationships with the players.
0: Well, and I think not only that, but it seems to me that it's another opportunity for people to make money off these kids mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. now you know you could have potentially, I would assume.
1: And you can't make money if you don't have a relationship.
0: Agents or, rep- or representatives coming to them and saying, OK, you know, this is, you know, you, we don't know if you're going to go to the NBA or how long a career lasts. So you got to capitalize on this while you can. I can help you. I can make connections. I can help you do this to the maximum e- extent. But, you know, they're going to get a share of it. It just feels like another
1: opportunity. the is not set up to regulate that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like in in some ways it's a good thing for the student athletes. In other ways, it's another opportunity for them to potentially be taken advantage of. But having said that, this is completely separate from what's going on with OSU yeah. and mm-hmm. these penalties right now. I just think it's really interesting how the um, how the elements of business and uh, ethics and education. And, and the purity of the sport all get kind of mixed in together and how they, they bump into each other. You know, I don't know. What are you thinking about all this, Allie?
2: I agree with that. I think one thing about sports journalism is of course there's so much of you know the day-to-day covering the games and all that, but it really is business journalism ties in with it, law ties in it, in with it. As I saw yesterday, you know, reading through the NCAA papers about the appeals situation and learning more about compliance and what's considered, you know, a level 1 violation and all that kind of stuff. There really is so much wrapped up in it, but I think, as you mentioned, as far as the NIL opportunities, I mean, I'm all for student athletes getting paid personally, because the way I look at it is when I was in college, I was getting paid to just sit there and write about them as they were like, you know, active on a basketball court or football field or whatever. And so it's kind of like if I'm doing that, then I think, hey, they should be paid for what they're doing, too but as you mentioned there is kind of that complex side to it as far as you know people have talked about the exploitation of college athletes which unfortunately is a very real thing sometimes but then it makes it like you said does that just make that problem appear in another form if it's businesses taking advantage of them so I think there are some great opportunities out there for student athletes but I think it's just kind of you know figuring out the right ways to navigate that and working with companies that are you know, helping benefiting them instead of just the companies profiting off the athletes. So I don't know. There's so much tied up in it, but I do think it's fascinating.
1: How do you think this is going to affect the team as far as uh, just performance wise? You know, if they can't do scholarships as many scholarships, I mean, there's also the aspect of it's going to make them harder to recruit. Are they worried about having any players transfer because of this? Like how, as far as the team winning games, like being mm-hmm. an awesome basketball team, how, how does this maybe affect that?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't heard any transfer talk, but one thing to me that's fascinating about the scholarships is everybody on the team has that extra COVID year, as they called it, because, you know, there is that extra year of eligibility that was gained. And so it's kind of like, then, you know, how does that factor in with, Once you get scholarships, once you're recruiting, all that kind of stuff, um... And so I think I say that did the winter sports get that? I'm questioning what I'm saying now because I know the spring sports did, but I'll have to. That's your area. I would not know. But, um, but
1: we get to we get to help proofread sports. Um, it doesn't mean we fully try to like comprehend <laughs> sports, right. right?
2: But no matter what, I think it makes it interesting because you have a lot of guys on the team right now, and then if you're trying to recruit more, than, like you said, you put that cap. On it, what do you do? Can you not bring in new recruits this season? Because you know, you're not going to just kick someone off the team to make room, so that does may have an impact going forward. But I do think, just in general, as far as team performance you know, I don't think this team can pretend they can't pretend like it's not an issue. It's obviously something that's weighing over them. And they dream of playing in the NCAA tournament, especially last year, some of them who were on that team with Cade Cunningham, and having that experience. And then some of these new guys who, you know, if they haven't been before, and they want to get that opportunity. So I think it's a big deal that impacts them. But at the same time, I think it's given them some extra fight, not just for themselves, but also for Coach Boynton because I can tell these guys love Coach Boynton and they want to have his back no matter what. So I think that kind of, you know, playing for him and using this to have an extra chip on their shoulder, I don't know. It could have some positive results. Not that it's a positive experience, but they could spin it to help the team too. So
0: I have a question. Were there any repercussions for former coach Brad Underwood in relation to
2: this? Not that I have heard. Her. is he still coaching that, anywhere he is coaching in illinois now oh, she's bringing out so her phone i know okay. i was gonna say i i i don't ever want to give false information i unfortunately have not been following brad underwood as closely <laughs> as i've been following this oklahoma state program um well but sure I, but i do think it's interesting to see you know I'm I not that I would get this, but I think it would be interesting to see how he would react to this whole thing. If he had ever known that Lamont Evans was doing this, if this was something that came as a shock to him, um, what he thinks of Oklahoma State getting this punishment. So I don't know. That's that's a whole other interesting side, which Mike Boynton was an assistant under Brad Underwood, too. Right. That's an interesting side to look at. I mean, I think
0: just considering that it kind of happened on his watch, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You know,
0: so yeah. I mean, I I don't know. You do. You kind of wonder about those things. I yeah. mean,
1: I know now, though, that Ashlyn knows who Coach Boynton is. We do know that.
3: I still couldn't pick him out in a crowd. <laughs> you are literally the only one. You've, I ran into him at you've hideaway now taken and a, knew exactly who he you've was. You've taken a
1: photo of him that's been published.
3: Yeah, but remember, I couldn't find him go in go the crowd. should go back that photo more
2: often.
1: Yes, No. <laughs> Uh, well, while maybe while Holly's uh, doing some research.
2: Yes. Uh, I wanted to Ash- check myself. And Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say Ashlyn and I. So my first time, uh, I got to meet him actually at the uh, homecoming football game on the sidelines. Jason introduced me and got to shake his hand. And, and we talked for five whole seconds about the homecoming and hoops remix that they did. And so Ashlyn and I were put on assignment to uh, photo and video uh, that event. Um, and Ashlyn had a great time.
0: Oh my god, I did not She didn't dress for it is okay. what I've heard. Oh, okay, <laughs> <Yes>. so
3: so <laughs> the thing is I wanted to look professional but also cozy and I didn't have any cozy professional clothes.
1: AKA warm.
3: Yes. yes. When oh, it no. was like
1: fifty degrees outside. Yes. I didn't expect on a basketball to get that
0: court. No, the best part was when she told me that afternoon, yeah, I've got to go talk to some guy named Boynton.
3: Oh, didn't know who that was. Hallie helped me name some of the players, thankfully.
1: Yes. So that was the other kind of story was, you know, she was taking photos and I guess you were texting her like, yeah. who is this?
3: Yeah. <laughs> and then I tagged the wrong person after she gave me his username. Now,
1: I've I've never actually been to a previous homecoming in hoops.
3: Mm-hmm. Would
1: they normally wear their jerseys with like their names, their last names and numbers on them during like that event? because they were in their like warm-up suits and stuff so like you didn't have any other like identifying information like you would during a game for example
2: right i went a couple years ago when they had it in Gallagheriba yeah and i think they had their jerseys on i'd have to look back at pictures to clarify but i yeah think they had their jerseys on for that one when well, at least when they were doing the dunk contest and they were actually mm. active on the court so the impression i got which i didn't go to this year's but the impression i got is that this year's they wanted it to be kind of a little more like a block party like it, pick and it was. game game oh yes okay. the crowd was going wild
1: <laughs> yes it it was and that's what i uh, i mentioned to coach borton is like it felt like uh going to a neighborhood basketball game which I don't know if that's a thing in Oklahoma, but growing up more in an inner city, that's a thing like having a basketball court surrounded by people, uh, you know, cheering for the players and playing three on three, trying to do dunks and all that stuff. And, uh, and so I was like, yeah, it was a really cool feel, even though they had some technical glitches and stuff with some sound and lighting. Um, but it was also cool, like standing on the court while they're doing the, the dunk contest. And I actually have some quasi-decent footage of that dunk contest that I have yet to had time to Ooh. really edit. So <laughs> nice. I'm hoping to put that together. And and also, honestly, the best footage is from uh, the shoot-around and the game of Knockout that the girls were playing. Oh, I got a bunch of great footage of that, and I just need to put that together too. So
0: this was the women's basketball yeah. team doing a and, shoot-around? And, and a I've also knockout. got
1: footage of, and I don't know the player, it was really dark, and they were wearing like a completely dark hoodie, but probably I could show you and you'd be able to identify her. Um, um, But a girl dunking.
0: Ooh, very good.
1: Yeah. Cool. Ooh,
3: those girls were so tall and so talented. And this was a short girl that
1: dunked, really? by the way.
3: okay. Those well, girls are so talented. <laughs> I was watching them. I was like, oh my gosh. It was wow. This is a woman who
0: can jump.
1: Well, mm-hmm. it was also the that basketball court, not to, not to spoil sure. this, I know. Um, and the the guys, by the way, do the same thing. And especially, this is at a fraternity house.
0: So this, this is, is like about. their core. There is a wrench on
1: the back of. that okay. makes it real easy to raise and lower the hoop. Okay. And so it it might have been okay, lowered so what, a little bit. But well, they were doing it to have fun. And that was the cool part, was seeing, like, and I'd never, like, I'd played tons of basketball when I was a kid um, and not a whole lot, honestly, with, with women or, or girls growing up. And uh, and seeing some uh, young girls like, yeah, crank that thing down a little bit. I'm gonna see if I can dunk. That was actually really fun to see.
0: Very cool. Now I'm, I'm gonna tell on Ashland a little bit. oh gosh. you know she kind of got in the way and kind of got hit in the shoulder with a during a pass, right? That, that yes missed. and she keeps saying that by whom by whom Ashland? an nfl player i don't her. know
3: it's <laughs> desmond
0: mason she keeps saying he played in the nfl uh,
3: i don't know anything. and we're like
0: nba ashland <laughs> nba
1: so the story to that is desmond mason and uh his son his son was there uh, dribbling taking some shots and i can't imagine he's five or six years old um and by the way you know can he make a so shot tiny. yeah and can like he can dribble he's got some skills um he's got
0: good genetics <laughs>
1: yeah desmond is near the three-point line you know from downtown there you go desmond mason <laughs> shot an air ball
3: am i the only one that doesn't have hit a radio Ashland voice
1: <laughs> right in the shoulder <laughs>
3: yeah and i
1: was like uh and we were right underneath the basket. And he had the audacity like,
3: to say, look out. Like, dude, you look out. I'm doing my job.
1: Now, here's the thing. Oh. Ashlyn didn't flinch. She did not. It bounced right off her. Because
0: <laughs> she was
3: focused.
0: Because when she's working, no, she's, she's like she's, a rock.
1: <laughs> sh- she's she's solid. Yeah, she is. She's got muscle.
3: Trained up her body that day. I was prepared.
1: <laughs> but, um, but so that yeah. was a funny thing that she did not also realize who right. he was.
3: I still um, couldn't pick him out of a crowd either. Yeah. Oh, man.
1: Well, well I think you honestly, a crowd around here, if you saw a, a guy that's taller than six and a half feet, you might be like, hmm, might be, you know, NFL or NBA, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> exactly.
0: Some exactly. sports, dude. So, so Hallie, where do you think this story goes from here? What what are we waiting to find out? Uh, what do you think you're going to be following? Uh, what do you think your your follow up stories are going to be focusing on?
2: So that's a good question. I think one thing that it will focus on, um, maybe even a little more down the line, is, as we mentioned, how the scholarship reduction impacts everything, which, by the way, I did check just because I wanted to make sure I wasn't losing it today. It was, yes, the The basketball team, they get that extra COVID year, too. So that's something that I think would be kind of a story going forward is how does that impact as they're trying to recruit? But, you know, there's also still people who have another chance to be on the basketball team. I don't know. It's definitely um, that's one thing that goes into it, I think. Um, and then also, I you know, I found out a little bit about the NCAA process yesterday and all that how all that appeals process worked. But I think it would be interesting to find out kind of even more about that and do some more research into these other schools that were being investigated. And really, you know, I mentioned the disparities between Oklahoma State's penalties and South Carolina's punishments. But I think it'd be interesting to look even more closely at these other schools that have been investigated and see how all that really compares. Um, And then also a storyline is just how the team responds. I mean, that's kind of the obvious storyline, but see kind of, you know, who steps up as A motivator, how Coach Boynton handles it. Obviously, he's proven himself as a leader of these players, someone who really genuinely cares about them. So that's just a storyline going forward. But I know I saw someone had tweeted yesterday that Isaac likely was on Instagram live last night, you know, already talking to people, basically saying like we're going to use this as fuel. Like, you know, he's trying to have a positive attitude about it, which when I'm sure it's something that's really weighing on these players, they're trying to get the public hyped up, get the fans to come out to the games. Um, So that's another thing. Just game attendance, I think, is something to look at. How much is the community rallying around this team during this time, which seems to be a lot based on social media?
0: Some of the things I've seen on social media, you've got people putting out email addresses and urging people to contact the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Basically, let them know what they think about this, how little they think of this.
1: Blow up their inboxes. basically,
0: exactly. You know, lots and lots of feedback, and yeah. I mean, I, I. What about community reaction? I mean, a, aside from you know shock, sadness, rage, yeah. what else are you seeing?
2: Um, really, just like you said, shock, sadness, rage is there, but also just support for Mike Boynton I think yeah. is something that stands out so much I know you know you've got people like Rex Chapman who not only is a former Kentucky and NBA basketball player but also has kind of built his name up as kind of a Twitter celebrity who's known for sharing positive content you know he was someone who was tweeting positively about Mike Boynton yesterday there were national reporters I mean I even I saw OU people taking up for OSU yesterday so that's the thing that? it becomes
1: a house divide. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it becomes comes more, more than a fan situation. It becomes more of a kind of this looks like a general unfair situation regardless of who you're a fan of was kind of the social media response but of course the OSU fans especially you know you have people like I'd run through a wall for Mike Boynton I'd do oh. anything for Mike Boynton <laughs> Like, I think he's all the community already loves him but I think the way he showed those tears and that genuine emotion yesterday it was sad but it also endeared him to the OSU fan base even more than he already had been oh yeah I watched that video and i was like wow this
3: man really loves his team mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so and that first game is tomorrow right Their uh, first it is yes today game? is right
2: thursday. because this yes, is thursday. The thursday Exhibitions tomorrow yes so mm-hmm. this will
1: probably be out after unfortunately after the game unless i can Put some work in tomorrow morning. Maybe, maybe we'll beat the game. But
2: okay. Maybe. We'll <laughs> but
0: but I, I wouldn't count on it. So this is Thursday afternoon, first game on Friday.
2: Right. Well, that's the exhibition against UCO is Friday, and then they officially start oh. the season Tuesday against UT Arlington. So
1: that's going to be really the day that tests are the fans going to show up?
2: Like, right. are, they,
1: are is this motivated people to, you know, make uh, Galgar Iba rowdy again?
0: Show up and bring the noise.
1: Yeah, well, um, no, they got. They're going with the rowdy phrase still, right? I that, see,
2: like I hear the make, bring the rowdy. Make, I mean, I, I think rowdy's kind of associated so with like the, like rowdy the fog arena in Kansas in and
1: and all that stuff. Rowdy, rowdy. rowdy's the sports term.
0: Okay, well, I remember before because I'm uh, older. <laughs> I remember before they expanded Gallagher Iba and made it taller, and how insanely loud that place was. Yeah, how insanely loud it was. I mean, I'm sure other teams just kind of hated. To go in there and be subjected to that because it it. was nuts. Yeah. So, you know, if we can get back some of that, you know, I, I think people are motivated. The people I see in my social media feed, super motivated, super supportive of the team, super disappointed, angry. I think they're going to show up and they're going to make some noise. All right.
1: Friday and Tuesday. Go
0: Yeah, Pokes. Okay. So I think that ought to do it for today. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for sitting in. This was fun. Thank you, Hallie. Yeah, yes. Thank
2: you for having me as a guest. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, no. We'll have you back for sure. I mean, you know, sports is a big thing and, you know, you're, you're fun and we and like And it's full you. of drama. Yeah.
2: Thank you. That is Mm -hmm. true. That is true. They're
0: very human stories. That's the thing. It's not just numbers. This is, you know, humanity. This is, you know, the agony and the ecstasy and tragedy and triumph. It's all the things. So, you know, sports encapsulate all of that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but for today, this has been In the Newsroom. And thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you later.
1: In the Newsroom is edited and produced by me, Chris Peters. You can find all of our past episodes and show notes at studiostillwater.net. This podcast is made possible with support from the Stillwater News Press. Please consider subscribing to our award-winning newspaper and help support local journalism. Go to stwnewspress.com to sign up. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.